again to episode four of the Spiritual Sessions with me, Rachel Fowler-Keen. And today we're going to continue on with some frequently asked questions. This is a question I got asked quite often when I was a medium doing readings for people. Why do spirits of family members I never knew in life come through when I want to hear from someone else? Some of them crossed over before I was born. Well, spirit communication is 100% on spirit's terms. Anyone who claims to be able to contact a spirit on demand or pull someone through is not being very ethical. Those who are able to come through from spirit can and will. And quite often it's the message we're most longing to receive that spirit decides we're just not ready to hear at that moment in time. If our grief is raw, we might not be in the right mental state to hear what we think we need to hear and they only want what's best for us on our journey. Another reason that great auntie Ethel might come through instead of your preferred loved one is that unknown to you, they've been working with your guide by gently assisting you since your birth or their passing, whichever was first. Most often they connect because your loved one isn't able to communicate from spirit yet and they volunteer to pass on a message. For example, if your loved one's in sleep state, perhaps. One of the most common reasons for an unknown relative to pop in first is what I refer to as the battery effect. This is when one or more loved ones ancestors or family members who perhaps weren't that close to you in life have more experience or energy and so connect with us first to provide the energetic link required to enable another loved one to communicate kind of like a slipstream effect they usually give info to loosely identify themselves before bringing the others through on their vibration it might not seem relevant to you at first but as the reading goes on it becomes apparent that others are coming in via that original link it takes so much energy to make the connection with us from spirit Imagine trying to communicate telepathically with someone on Mars or standing in London with a megaphone trying to talk to someone in Australia. That might give you some idea of the spiritual energy required just to get one symbol or a word through. It can be disappointing when the person you've wished for doesn't come through during a reading, but at those times, it's the overall message and guidance that's important for you to focus on, rather than the messenger. A spirit deem it to be what you need for your positive spiritual journey and growth at that time. Note how you are feeling about your life and the universe at the end of a reading. Do you feel better, happier, more at peace, positive and at one with yourself than when the reading started? You should. If not, the medium or clairvoyant has not done their job properly. Messages from spirit are positive and they're intended to give proof of survival after death and guidance for those of us still here. Next question. How do I know my loved ones can hear me in spirit and visit me? So much of what we know is based on the results of our beliefs. We know microwaves conduct heat because we see the results of that energy. We know... Electricity exists because we see the results of that energy too. You will know your loved ones hear you because you will see the results of their visits with you. They will leave you a sign, whether it be a moved photo, object, a flicker of the lights, a favourite or meaningful song the next time you listen to the radio, a feather, repeated numbers seen everywhere. Spirit can communicate well via electricity, since spirit is pure energy vibrating at a much faster rate than when we're in physical form. I used to experience this manipulation of energy often during readings. The CD player or iPod, showing my age here, usually skips when spirit is making a strong point. I can usually tell how strong the point is by how severely it skips. If I was recording a reading, sometimes the recording would stop or pause for no apparent reason or sometimes even come out blank because some spirit don't like being recorded. My own dad, at his ceremony, as we were walking into the crematorium, the CD skipped on a particular song. And I knew that was him saying, I'm here. They will send you these ways. Ask your loved ones to visit you in dreams. You will recall the dream and conversation with clarity when you wake up. Send loving thoughts out to them. 
speak to them silently or out loud. They'll know what's in your heart. Have patience and trust that you'll receive the validation that you heard. A recent validation for my husband's family was a photo album which fell open at a certain picture mentioned the day before after communication that a loved one had arrived safely in spirit. It was the uniform she was wearing in the photo and had mentioned to me her way of confirming that it hadn't been wishful thinking and that she was fine. Validation comes in so many ways, some so very subtle. Next question, why do some spirit guides present themselves clearly, i.e. appear in front of you, and some choose to communicate more subtly? Now this is dependent on where we are spiritually and is not always about how spirit chooses to come through. We experience what's appropriate for us at that particular time in our development. We all have different things that we came here to experience and that's why each of us while in the physical has a different experience. For example, I ask that spirit do not appear in front of me as I find it off-putting. <laughs> I prefer mental communication from spirit as I feel it's more direct and less info is lost in the transfer. Some experience direct connections, some see spirit all the time, others experience more subtle connections. Some are sceptics and some are open. We each have a different path, therefore our experiences vary. Is there a separate spirit world for animals? No. There is no separate spirit plane for animals. We all share the infinite spirit planes together. Space is not measured there, remember, so there cannot come a time where there won't be room for us all. Animal spirits can offer us guidance and wisdom. Shamans have known this for centuries. The Mongolian and the Native American nations long saw the wisdom and protection that animal spirits can give us if we listen. Everything that applies to human spirits applies to our animal friends on the other side too. They can visit us. My cats visit often, even though I've moved home many times, especially since my very first cat, the one I grew up with, passed. She still always knows where to find me. And our animal friends are waiting for us when we cross over. They're always part of the welcoming committee and they often choose to stay close to our loved ones or members of our soul group until our time comes to say hello to them again. I've personally spoken with many people on the other side during readings in the past who showed me that they're taking care of animals for the person I'm speaking with until they are all reunited, so I know this to be true. Animals remain the same species in the afterlife as they were here. So for example, a cat perhaps can come back again one day but only as another cat. However, based on the evidence I've seen with my own eyes, animal friends usually choose to wait to be reunited with their human friends again. So perhaps they don't reincarnate quickly if they choose to at all. Animals can even make the connection from the other side themselves. They can certainly express affection and emotion through a medium. We can often see them too. Even if actual words aren't formed by our animal friends during their communication, the medium can feel their joy at being in spirit and their gratitude if a difficult decision had to be made to end their suffering on their behalf in this world. They can even show us sometimes images of memories they have from this life. I've never felt a negative emotion from an animal regarding their passing. Only of a pure happiness that any pain was over for them. And, if the situation applies, gratitude that their human guardian had been brave enough to take the decision for them to make the transition back home. No animal has ever expressed sadness or anger to me. Our animal friends can choose to be wherever they wish to be. They know where they are and know where we are. Even if we move home or country, it's their link with us that remains constant and connected 
and they can choose to visit us often until we see them again. The question I was asked is, my stepdad was an abusive alcoholic and I have no wish to reconnect with him. Will he be on a different plane to me? And my answer is, absolutely not. We don't have to connect with abusive people at all if we don't want to. If we don't want to have any kind of dialogue, we create our own reality on the other side. It's very unlikely that someone that was abusive like that would be on the same plane of existence as us when we pass because, as I talked earlier about the different planes, where people have the opportunity to atone for their behaviour, it's very likely that that person would probably be still working through their issues and wouldn't be where we are when we cross back over. But we're never under any obligation to interact with another spirit if we don't wish to. If they're in our soul group, we usually forgive and we usually manage to work past those issues because on some level we've agreed to those experiences before we come here. Okay, next question. What can we do to deal with the fear of death? Fear of death is usually strongest in those of us that are closed-minded or refusing to believe that there could possibly be anything else or do not have an absolute belief and trust in an afterlife. If we assume that this is all there is, then death is a scary prospect as this would mean an end. And I've had so many spirit people say to me, I was so shocked to find that death wasn't the end. Death is such a surprise. It's just a transition from one phase of life to another. There's no actual death. Energy just changes form. What animates us and makes us unique cannot die. It continues to thrive but just exists in another place and dimension. So if you can get to grips with that concept, then it becomes less scary. I feel my whole body vibrate sometimes. Why is this? Interesting question. The vibrations are caused when we suddenly become open psychically without even trying sometimes. It can also happen when we've cleared some emotional blocks or problems. So either way, it's not a bad thing. Everything in nature vibrates constantly. Every atom of our being is moving very fast all of the time. When we open to spirit, we literally raise our vibration to meet theirs, which is on a much higher level. Imagine every atom and molecule in your body speeding up as they vibrate in place faster and faster. We can do this intentionally when meditating in training as a medium, but it can also happen spontaneously on occasion, especially common in meditation, because we enter a similar mental state to mediumship. When we create light within our head, the mind responds and raises our physical vibration. It isn't something to worry about. On the contrary, it's a sign you're a natural medium or healer and have the potential to develop if you wanted to. When this happens, it is very important to ground and protect yourself with some simple visualisation techniques and close down afterwards. You might already have seen my section on my website on psychic development. I've written some techniques there step by step that help you to control the sensations. And I've also got some guided meditations that you can download and just listen to that will help with that too. This is a good question. I'm a little bit psychic. Sometimes I just know something that needs to be passed on to someone, like a message. Should I tell them? It can be quite hard going sometimes because being a messenger comes with great responsibility. And if the message is shocking or potentially distressing or life-changing and won't change the outcome of a situation, let it be. If the message can change what will happen, i.e. prevent an accident, and it's clear how, then pass it on, but word it very carefully and gently. No blurting. I cannot stand a blurter. That's 
so ethically wrong. I don't pester strangers if I get their auntie wanting to speak. What on earth would it achieve except to freak that person out? If you're out and about, oh, hang on a minute, I've got your nan here and she's saying it. No. Believe me, I learned by experience very early on that no matter how convinced you are of the truth of what you are saying, others won't always believe you. For example, you're on a bus and you get a strong impression something awful will happen to a member of that person's family. But you've got no other information. Would they believe you? Would they appreciate that message? No, they just think you're crazy and they'd want to move as far away from you as possible. So if a distressing message isn't changing the outcome or bringing hope, it is just stating a fact which you can't prove, which helps no one and removes hope. However, if the message gives you a time, a place and with specific information showing you there's something that can be avoided, different story. But they might still just call you a freak and won't pass it on anyway, no matter what. So all you need to do is assess what comes through. Use discretion and discernment. Will it change anything for that person to know what you just saw? Sometimes as a medium, you'll see things you don't ask to, such as the knowledge a person will die soon. But it won't help them to know that in advance. You can, however, ask your guides as you develop to stop showing you this kind of information unless specifically asked for it. Receiving messages about your own friends and family are the most difficult. Good ones, no problem. But when it's bad news about someone you care about, sometimes the message is just a heads up for you so that you are prepared to be the rock that they or their family must lean on when they need it. Same rules apply. Will the message change the outcome? If not, take it as being for your eyes or ears only and be prepared to help when the time comes. You can develop your skills, we all have them, just not everyone knows what to do with them. I would also encourage you to be reading books by other mediums to get a feel for what life as a medium is like and what to expect as you develop. I have some recommendations on my website. Connecting with your spirit guide is important. This will make your work a great deal safer and will encourage and enhance your connection with the spirit world. You must learn to close down if you're constantly feeling others' energies and emotions as this will burn you out eventually. You know you have the ability now, so treat it like a precious thing or else you will burn out. You wouldn't leave a heater on all day on full blast in the summer. Switching off your third eye when it's time to do everyday stuff is imperative. Your guides will still alert you if there's anything urgent you need to know or do while you're closed down. So there we have it for this episode of A Spiritual Sessions. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. Please do like and subscribe. And until next time, take care of yourself and more power to you. Thank mm-hmm. you.